we are a church that believes in the, in the power of prayer, not simply because, you know, you're supposed to because you're a church. Uh, we believe in the power of prayer. I mean, like, the Bible clearly outlines for us the fact that prayer is the channel through which God chooses, God chooses to work. I don't think I'm ever going to stand that uh, on this side of uh, eternity. That God says, I, I want to work in your city, and I want to work in your life, and I, and, and I desire to work in your marriage, I desire to work in your, in your relationship. But, but he gives us this, this, this touch point called prayer. God says, if you, if you lean into me through prayer, you will start to see the heavens open to you in the working of God. The, the Bible says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Availeth much what? Availeth much work of God. It just... It, it's the channel through which God has chosen to work. And so from the very beginning of, of Citizens Church, we've committed ourselves to pray. I told you guys last week, and I'll highlight again, that, that all of what we see today and all that, that we've seen over these last seven years together all started in prayer. Tate and I fasting and praying, praying and God dropping into our hearts a vision. We literally saw what we're living in right now. Um, we wrote it all out and over the course of two weeks in our journals. I see a church that prays bold prayers. I see a church that, come on, takes bold steps. I see a church that goes after the one. I see a church that, and we just said, we're going to be that church. God gave it to us. We committed ourselves to it in prayer. When we came to launch the church, we, God, through prayer, brought a team of, of 60 people together that were like, we want to do this. We're in. Let's go. God had been moving on their hearts as he's been moving on our hearts. And those 60 fasted and prayed. Usually you would launch a church in the beginning part of January. For us, we've never really started our new year until about the third week of January because we always take the first two weeks to fast and to pray because we believe in the power of prayer. We have small groups that pray. Right now during service, there's a group of people that are praying for you. During service, you can go and get prayer. Why? Because, friends, here's what we know. We are desperate for God. Like, I don't want to see what we can do. I'm not, I'm not interested in what I could pull off this Sunday morning. I'm not interested in what we could pull off this year. I want to see what God can do. And if I want to see what God can do, then I need to go to God with all that there is to do, right? You see, friends, we are being asked by God, follow this, to do things that we can't do, right? God has called us as a church to, to reach the world around us. God has called us as a church to bring hope to the world around us. God has called us as a church to, to be the conduit through which we'd see lost kids come home. God has called us as a church to be an influential move of God within our cities that we represent. Well, can I tell you something? We can't do that on our own. And so God gives you vision for things that are actually beyond your ability to accomplish. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something. If, you're, if your vision for your life or your vision for your church is something you can do, you need a new vision. It's not big enough. When God gives you a vision, a God-sized vision, it's bigger than your ability to maneuver, right? Like, well, if I put this here and I do that there, well, then maybe I can. No. Like, that's, that's a you vision. So as a church, we have vision beyond our ability to accomplish. And I'm telling you right now, there are things... This is going to help free a lot of you up. There are things that you're trying to do right now in your life, that you're trying to navigate right now in your life, that God never intended for you to do on your own, that God never intended for you to navigate on your own. 
And the reason you're so frustrated right now in life is because you're trying to do things that you're not meant to do. And you're trying to navigate things alone that you were never meant to navigate alone. And you're frustrated. I can't do it. That's the whole point. Is you can't. You can't have a great marriage on your own. Oh, that's not nice, Pastor Chris. No, it's just the truth. Hey, you might have a good marriage, but I'm telling you, you will hit a ceiling until you invite God into the middle of that marriage. You're only going to experience what you can do if you're out there trying to do all you can do. You've got to engage in God and move yourself past, here's God's desire, past the confines of your own strength and your own ability. You need to move past it. You see, your, your ability has confines. You, it has boundaries, limitations. And God says, don't live within the confines of your own limitations. You need to step beyond them and get into the, you know, unprecedented, you know, un, unmeasurable ability of God in the context of your marriage, in the context of your finances, in the context of your relationships. And, and until you learn to put God in the middle of all those things, all you're going to get is good. When God actually has great. God has more, right? And so you feel this. Some of you, the, the reason you're so just, you feel like calling it quits. And there's a, a reality in there. Part of that, that, it's like you probably should call it quits. Quit trying it on your own. Quit trying to navigate this on your own. Quit trying to, trying to pull it off, right, on your own. Your life needs to move beyond the bounds of your limited resource and tap into his and friends. Prayer is the access point. Come on, like all of a sudden prayer became really important, right? Like prayer is the accent point, access point. Like you won't have God's anointing, God's power, God's provision, God's strength, God's, until you learn to step into this thing called prayer. Are you guys, are you guys with me this morning? So here's, here's what we need to do. Like if we know we need God for everything, like you convinced of that yet? Like you need God for everything. Oh, you're not convinced? Well, the Bible says that without him you can do nothing, right? The Bible says that with man it is impossible but with God, listen to me, and some of you need to let your heart just explode with dreams right now. All things are possible. Like, keep dreaming, okay? So if you need God for all things, then here's what we need to learn. We need to learn to bring God into all things. We need to invite God into all things. Amen? John 15, 4 says this. John 15, 4 says, remain in me and, and I, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must, say it with me, remain. It must what? Remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus says, here's the secret. You need to learn to, say it with me, help me everybody, remain. Come on church, like citizen, to remain. You need to remain in me. It means, it means to abide. It means to settle down and it means to, to stay. And we used the illustration of the branch and the vine last week, but... I want you to understand that this is a different way of thinking than we typically have in our modern Christian culture today. See, Jesus is not asking us to see prayer or to see our interaction with him as a thing we do on, on Sunday or a thing we do as a 
part of uh, a piece of our life, but as, a, as the center of our life. Do you understand that? Like, a lot of us have been taught that our, our spiritual life is like an, an area of our life. Right? So you have like your, your, you have your, all these different areas. Imagine a pie chart. You know, and you got like, you know, this percentage is dedicated to like the, the work part of my life. And this part is dedicated to the relational part of my life. And this part is dedicated to, well, I'm going to school. So it's like the schooling part of my life. And then I got this part of my life. And you have all these areas of your life. And then you think that your spirituality or that your walk with God is like a part, a piece of this whole pie, right? And, and so you, you do this Monday through Friday, and maybe you go to this on, on Saturday, and then, you know, once every three to four weeks, it's actually once every four to six weeks, according to Barna, right now that people show up to church, that's regular church attendance today. And so that part of my life is dealt with in that, you know, every four weeks, every three weeks. That's why we got to make announcements around here, like forever, People are like, I didn't know we were doing prayer. Well, we've been talking about it forever, right? Like, um, I love you, church, and I'm glad you and I'm glad I'm glad you're here today. So Paul shows up and says, Paul says, This one thing I do. And they like, hold up, Paul. How can you be doing one thing? It's like all these things, right? This one. Well, see, what you need to realize is that God is not just a your relationship with it isn't just a piece of this pie. It's the whole enchilada to stay in the food analogy, amen? It's like, it's the whole enchilada. So how do we do that? Well, you take that pie chart and you put God right at the center of it. You invite God into the middle of it. And as each piece of this pie comes out of your life, it first goes through God. Like there's nothing in my life that God doesn't touch. There's nothing in my life that my relationship with God isn't a part of. You see, he's a piece of everything. My marriage, yep, God's right in the center of my marriage. Hey, my work life, God's right in the center of my work, my work life. My finances, hey, guess what? God's right in the middle of my finances. You fill in the blank. What does your pie chart consist of? Jesus and your relationship with God needs to be at the center. And the access point to that relationship is communication with him in prayer. And so I'm praying about my marriage. I'm praying through everything with my work life. I'm praying through. Come on, are you with me? You get it? Some of you are like, but wait, this I don't know if God likes this. Well, then it shouldn't be a part of your pie chart. Amen? You got to get God in the middle of all of it. If there's an area of your life that you can't invite God into, then you need to get that area of your life out. Did you hear me? We bring all of it to God in faith. That's what it means to remain in Him. He's at the center, right? So... Here's my question is how then do we, rem how practically, I'm going to give you some tools to help you, do you remain in him? How do you keep him and your relationship with that, him at the center of everything is that you pray about everything. Come on, taking some notes this morning, write down priority of prayer, okay? And here's what I want you to do, priority of prayer, this year. Prayer is not going to be a last resort. Some of you, you think of prayer like, you know, the, the fire extinguisher that's behind the glass. You know, you're like, you're out there, you're trying to do it, and you're trying to make it, got a little fire, and you're trying to put it out, and then the fire's getting bigger, and all of a sudden it's like just engulfing whole areas of your life, and you're like, where is that fire extinguisher? And you break the glass, you get out the axe, and then you put it out, right? And that's how you see prayer. 
You're out there trying it all on your own. And if it fails and if everything catches on fire and it's all scorched and burned, I'm going to go run to God in prayer and say, Lord, help me put it out. <laughs> but I got to, there's a, Bible says there's a better way to do this. If you invite him into everything, it might not all catch on fire, right? <laughs> prayer is not your last resort. Watch this, write it down. It's your first response. See, it's the first thing I do. I'm going I'm to pray first. Someone say pray first. I'm going to pray first. Come on, say it with me. I'm going to pray first. You are all wild up in worship. You're all pressing into worship. Where you at in the message? I'm going to this year and everything. I'm going to. So the kids are all being crazy. They need a little discipline. Before I go and discipline, I'm going to. Oh my gosh, come on. I'm going to pray first. Yeah, see, it's important because, yes, the kids need discipline, but they need discipline filtered through prayer, filtered through God's heart. He's at the center of this discipline. It's not just putting the kids in the you know, right place, it's God, help me. God, give me wisdom. The husband, the wife, they. You know, they're doing whatever they're doing to get on your nerves once again. And there's a conversation that needs to happen. And you're going to have that conversation. But as you go to have the conversation, you're going to pray first, right? There's, a, there's an email sent out to you. And it's not a good email. And you're very angry. And you're going to respond. And you sit down. And you're going to send the email. You write it all out. And it's in all caps because you're very, very frustrated. And, and before you send out the email, you're going to Pray first. You see, I'm going to, every part of my life, I'm going to invite God in to the center of it. You see, I'm going to make him a, a priority in the middle of everything. You see, guys, what you do first matters. What you do first has the ability to affect everything that follows after. It's the priority. Priorities is a, is a big topic, Right? And you need to get your life, in, in your priorities in order within your life. If your priorities are out of order, you have what's called a disordered life, and you, you feel it. Well, the very first thing you need to put as a priority in your life is inviting God in. If you don't do that first, what follows is not going to be what it could be, right? I, my dad... Uh, caught me outside trying to start the lawnmower when back in the day when I would, this wasn't last week, this was um, <laughs> at his house. Hey dad, just showing up mowing the lawn. I probably should do that, right? <laughs> trying to start the lawnmower and, and, and so, <laughs> just nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And it's just so frustrating and, you know, I don't even like doing chores as it is and now this isn't like, <laughs> right? And my dad walks up and goes, hey son, look, you see this, there's a little bulb right here. It's got gas inside of it and you need to go, you need to, you know, it actually makes that sound great. You just push it. You need to do that once or twice. And then, and then the, watch this. And it starts running, right? And I just think sometimes we get things out of order in our life, out of priority in our life. And we're out there in life trying to, you know, I'm going to make this thing work. And the marriage is going to work. And these kids are, and the finances and this thing. With the, and you just, what happens is after a while, you're just tired. And you're like, I don't even want to pull this cord anymore. And I don't even, <laughs> I just quit. Maybe the lawn doesn't need to be mowed. Maybe we just need to let it 
And this is, a, this is a, lot, a lot of you, but there's a very simple answer. And I'm not trying to oversimplify this, but I'm trying to make it simple. Because it really is. Let's just do this. Like, do the first things first. And the first thing, I'm telling you, it, it's, it's prayer, right? It's prayer. You, you see this in like, the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, Nehemiah is about to embark on this. There's this thing been stirring in his heart uh, that God's been putting there to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. There's all these obstacles in the way. It's like, this is an audacious dream, everybody. Like, how in the world is he going to, you know, encourage people to move back with him and all this? And it's, and it's massive. And we see in the book of Nehemiah that Nehemiah is a man of not just action, but prayer. The very first thing he does before he leads people to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, it says that he first he, he prays to God. And you see this prayer in the, in the, all over Nehemiah's um, life, you see. And he's before the king, and the king starts to give Nehemiah favor. And, and watch what it says in Nehemiah 2, two 4, and 5. Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. Okay, In other words, his job was to, to taste the wine before he gave it to the king to make sure there wasn't poison in it. Imagine if that's your job. Like, they give it to you, you drink. If you don't die, they'll drink it, all right? That's, if you die, well, you lose your job, and you save the king, right? So Nehemiah's the cupbearer, and so he's, God's given him favor with the king. And, and here's what we read in Nehemiah 2, 4, and 5. It says, the king said to me, I said, Nehemiah, what do you want? Nehemiah's been praying for the opportunity. He says, Nehemiah, what, what do you want? Watch this, Nehemiah. Then I prayed. Then I prayed. Then I prayed. Right then and there. Then I prayed to the God of heaven and answered the king. What did he do? Priority was pray and then answer the king. Some of you are like, you answer the king, and then you're like praying that God would fix what you said to the king. Right? He says, the first thing I did, called a Nehemiah prayer. Just real quick. It's not like, pause everything. Hold up. We got to go find a closet. We got to go. No. He just real quick. I'll talk about closet in a second. Real quick, just Nehemiah prayer. Hey, God, would you just give me wisdom? And now I'm going to answer the king. See? And everything. And everything. As you move through your day, pray first. Pray first. The priority of prayer. So what I'm trying to get you to understand is now you're inviting this from here forward. You're, you're making prayer just everything saturated in it. Just go through your day. You're in, in the car. You're praying. You know, and you, a situation come up. You get the phone rings. You're like, oh, no, it's going to be a tough conversation. Just quit. God, would you help me right now? Just invite the Lord. You have a living relationship with God. He's, he's with you all the time. Invite him into everything. Amen? So let me talk to you about another aspect of prayer. So there's just like this Nehemiah prayer, God, God in everything. But here's another very important aspect of prayer that you need to, we need to bring into our lives this year. And then we've got to find ourselves a place of prayer, a place of prayer. You know, Jesus in Matthew 6, 6 says, when you pray, okay, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who sees you in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You see, not only is there this priority of prayer, there's this place of prayer that Jesus talks about. Many refer to this as the prayer closet. And gang, you, you need to find yourself one. This is the place that I want you, that we need to, Scripture teaches us to develop in our lives. And I want you to take this serious. It's the place where you learn what Jesus said here 
is go into your prayer closet and someone say shut the door and learn to shut the door, okay? You've got to find, and I've got to find this year, moments in your life, moments in your day where you shut the door. It's not just Nehemiah prayers and in the middle of all the chaos and the busy, and that's important, prayer first and everything, but also this place where every day you learn to shut the door. And when you shut the door, what happens is you block everything else out. You close out the noise of the world, and you just spend some time isolated with God, alone with God. It's where you can shut the door on the thousands of things that need your attention, the thousands of things that you need to be focused on and fix your heart and mind on the one thing, and that's, that's the Lord. It's where you talk and you, and you listen to God. It's in this place, and a lot of you have never experienced this place, and, and your homework your homework today is to create this place and, and grow this place. You know, go experience this. It's the place where you learn, as Psalm 46.10 says, to be still and know that I am God. Some of you just, we're not still. You're not still. You're, you're running around and you're, you're controlling and manipulating this over here. And then you're going over here and you're, you're trying to fix that. And you're, 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 just, you're just busy. You, you don't know how to be still. You're, you're busy, right? And you're involved in everything. And, and here's your frustration is you're trying to control things that you have no control over. And it's just, it's wearing on you and you're getting, and it's, you're actually making a mess of everything. And, and, here, and here's what God says is get your hands off everything and create in your life a closet, so to speak, where you shut the door on all those things. Two things happen when you shut the door. One, those things, okay, are now things that you can't get to. Because the door's closed. I can't get my hand out there and, and manipulate those things. It's a place in my life where I go, God, I, I'm not going to be able to get to those things. And so, God, you've got to get to those things. God, I really want to go and manipulate it. God, I really want to go. But I'm going, to, I'm going to shut the door and just ask that you would do it. Okay, I'm going to shut the door. So, one, I can't get to them. And two, they can't get to me. Right? Like, I'm not going to let it get to me. I'm rolling it off over onto your shoulders. Some of us are... are we're control freaks. We're super manipulative. And we try in our way to control. And we try in our way to manipulate all these things in, in our life. And again, as we started, you've been called to do things that you can't do. And there's a certain spot in your life that you've got to create where you're not trying to control the things. Or trying to, on your own, do the things that you can't do. Does that make sense? Where you, you shut the door. You be still and know that he is God. The word be still, it literally means, you can look it up, you don't believe me. In the Hebrew, it means to let your hands drop. It means you open your hands. Like you, you've been gripping it like this, and you just go like this. And what happens is when you be still, when you, when you let it like this, he says, and know that I am God. In other words, you are not. Your control, you holding on to it doesn't help anything. You releasing it and letting him be God changes everything. And so if you haven't created this place in your life, then friends, you're, you're, you're constantly trying to control, manipulate things that you, you can't control. When you are still before God, you'll shift your focus. When you create this closet, so to speak, in your life, and here's how the focus shifts. It shifts from your ability to his ability, right? It shifts from 
your potential to now his potential. It shifts from your desires in the context of that thing to his desires. You see, you start to move your heart toward God. And what will happen is you'll start to shift from low expectation to great expectation, to heaven's expectation. You start to move from menial dreams for that thing in your life to heaven's dreams because now I'm inviting God, I'm closing the door, I'm spending time, I'm being still, I know that he's God, and everything begins to lift because he's God. And he's a great God, amen? Jesus did this all the time. And if Jesus did it, you need to do it. Mark 1, 35 says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, went to a solitary place. He got alone. And what did he do? When he prayed. Where he prayed? He prayed there. Matthew 14, 23, he says, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. Jesus was constantly getting alone, closing the door on the noise of the world to spend time with God. You guys get the point? So you've got to create for yourself this place. So many struggle today because they don't have this place. You know, we have our workplace. We have our virtual place, right? We're on the Instagram and Instagram. We have all, we have all these places that we visit. But we haven't trained ourselves to come to this place. God says, come on, come to this place. Come to this place. Come to this place. Learn to develop this place in, in your life. Um, I've shared this with you, and I will just for practicality, right? Just practical. You know, I've always been so jealous of Tatum. Every, I kid you not, every single morning from the day we've been married, what I wake up to, this tells you guys, you think I'm up earlier than my wife? I'm not. She, what I wake up to every single morning is I hear Tatum's little alarm go off. She sits up in bed and her alarm becomes my alarm because this is how we flow now, right? Her alarm goes off and my wife, every single morning, will sit up in bed, and you'll hear her, her drawer open, and she gets out her devotional, she gets out her Bible, or her, her, her uh, journal, and her Bible, and any devotional she's reading, and she will sit there, and she'll start to pray, and she'll start to read, and she journals. And you guys, we have journals from Tatum going back until, like, fifth grade, like boxes of her writing out prayers, and, and believing God, and spending time with God, and she's created in her life a place. And so when you look at, you know, you, you look at somebody's life who's got fruit and, and is, is accomplished. You go, where's that come from? I'm telling you, it's a place. And Tatum's created that, that place. And she does it every single day. I've heard it said before, you know, make an appointment with God and keep it. Like just make, just, in, I, I, if you have a relationship with anybody, you're going to have constant communication with that person, right? And so you need to make that with God every single day. That's Tatum's flow. She does it all the time. Currently, just even real, real practically, she's using um, a version Bible app, and it's got all sorts of different, you know, Bible studies on there and programs you could go through. She got a group of girls that she invited to every year. She invites a bunch of girls into, you know, a challenge. I challenge you to read the Bible with me this year, and they all kind of go through it. Come on, Jess, you're in that right now, and it's a little challenge. They go back and forth. I'm reading, I've read more than you, and I've read it, whatever. And they got a whole thing going, but it's just this time where they're getting into God's Word. They're, they're listen, being still before Him, praying, letting Him know just making themselves aware of the fact that he is God and just committing it all to him. Come on, you get the flow? And for me, when Tatum's alarm goes off and she sits up in bed, I can't do that because, you know, her alarm goes off. And if I try to do my devotions, because I've tried there in bed, I go right back to sleep, everybody. I just, I can't. I'm not, I start praying and I'm like, 
Yeah, and God, thank you for this pillow. <laughs> thank you for these blankets, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for sleep. Hallelujah, for sleep. I have to get up. This is my spot. I get up and I go downstairs, put on some coffee. Come on, everybody. Put on some coffee and, and I get out my, get out my, my I'm on my iPad now. And I, one half of it is my Bible. The other half of it is my, is my prayer journal. And I sit and I read and I pray and I pray and I read and I sit down at the table with my cup of coffee. And uh, that's where I spend my time just in a place with God every day. You know that I, I, I saw that with my dad, my mom and dad. You know, every morning, my dad, he'd get up and he'd leave work before me. And, I, and even as a child, before I knew how important prayer was or how important the Word of God was, I, I knew that it must be wildly important because every morning as a child, I'd get down, I'd, I'd see an open Bible and an empty cup of coffee on the table every single day of my life that my dad had sitting there as an example to me. So as a kid, I'd go, I don't know what's in that book, but it must be important. And my dad spent time with God, spends time with God every single day. And I'm doing the same thing at my table. I also have, and I'll give you this, in my office where I pray. And I have, I have a rug down in my office and my desk there in my office. And I put on, here's some, here's some, you do this this week. I put on some music, some worship music in the background. I play a little, it's called Without Words by Bethel. Come on, if you've been around me, you know. I play some Without Words by Bethel. It plays in the background. I'll sit there and I'll just pour out my heart to God. Everything and anything. I, I just close the door, so to speak, and I give it all to God. I always have a journal there, and I just pray, and I pray, and I pray, and I ask God for wisdom. I pray for our church, and I just journal things out. You can do this. Start with five minutes. Some of you need to move to 10 minutes, but you need to start, and I tell you, it's in those moments that God illuminates things to my heart that I would have never seen outside of those moments, and it's in those moments that God moves in ways that I would never experience if I wasn't in those moments. I'm telling you guys, this year, you need to make prior, prayer priority, and you got to find your place in Jesus' name. Amen? Let me get one last one, and we'll close. Caleb, you come on up. This isn't just about a priority. It isn't just about the place. You need to remember that all of this is about a person. It's about Jesus. This is all about relationship, everybody. Always has been, always will. And God wants you to develop your relationship with him this year. Now, I want prayer to not to be something that you have to do. Like, oh, I guess I have to pray to talk about in church this weekend. I got to go pray. But something like you, you can't wait to do, right? When I go on a date with my wife, and we do a lot of dates. That's free marriage advice. So you guys who are not doing dates, you got to go. We can't afford dates. Yes, you can. It's called cereal dates. You pour some cereal downstairs, put the kids to bed, and you, you have cereal. Light a candle, make it nice and romantic. When I go on dates with my, my wife, and, and we, we got a Friday date coming up, I'm not like, ah, got to go on a date with my wife. Here we go. No, listen, I'm in love with the girl. And you know what? She's in love with me. She can't wait for date night. She can't wait to spend time with her. She can't, I'm telling you, we are just madly in love with one another. We, we can't wait to spend time with one another. And you guys are in the same way with prayer. It's like, God just wants you in love with him. Like, you, I can't wait. I can't wait to go spend time with God. I'm going to invite God into everything. I gotta, you know, I can't wait. 
And that needs to be the shift inside your heart. It's not like, oh, because I got to go do this. The reason a lot of you are stuck in the, I got to go do this place is because you don't understand who God is and how great he is and how good he is and how loving he is and how merciful he is and how compassionate he is and how fatherly he is and how, man, when you understand how good he is, you're like, I can't wait to just get around him. Why? Because every time I do, I leave more encouraged. Every time I do, my spirit is lifted. Every time I do, I, I just feel freer. Man, I just want you to know how good he is. I think the enemy's been lying to a lot of you for a long time, telling you that God is a God of just, he's just angry with you, and he just can't believe, and he, and you kind of picture going to God like the Wizard of Oz, going, you know, and you're, you're like, you're like little Dorothy going, and it's like, this is Oz, and you're like, I gotta go behind the curtain. Do not go behind, I won't go behind the curtain. You're just scared. But really, God is your father. And he loves you. Some of you haven't had a good relationship with your earthly father. Please don't let that tarnish the relationship with your heavenly father that God desires to have with you. Your father is gracious. Your father is loving. Your father is with you. Psalm 103, verses 8 through 13, I'll close. It says, here's, here's your father, here's God. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Come on, somebody, amen. Or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love towards those who fear him or reverence him, who go to him, who lean on him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his kids, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, who look to him. Man, you have a, you have a, loving, compassionate Father. And I want you this year to experience that, to know that. Some of you need to reframe how you've seen God. Because I think if you see Him for who He is, then you're going to live a life that just can't wait to spend time with Him. Can't wait to get around Him. Hey, imagine what this year could look like if you prayed first, made prayer priorities. Imagine what would happen if you found the prayer place. Come on, we can do this. And imagine what would happen if you would just see God for who he is. Keep yourself in that place. I can't wait. I can't wait just to go spend some time with God. I can't wait to grow in a relationship with him that has him in the middle of everything. This year will be different. And I know you've told yourself every year, this year is going to be the year, this is the year, it's going to be different. Until you invite Jesus into the middle of it and you learn to pray always. I am the vine, he says, remain in me. Until you remain in him, it never will be different. Okay? So let's remain in him together, church. Let's not let these last two weeks or this last week and the next week we're going to have a prayer be the 
The reason we don't kick it off is like, there we go, we got it done. Whoo, we prayed. No, we did that to build the momentum in us for the year that's ahead, right? I'm going to keep praying. In Jesus' name. Would you pray with me? God, we want to be a people who commit ourselves to you wholeheartedly, God, that we, we pray first in all things. We go to you first in all things. And, and God, we just want to ask that you would help us reframe our understanding of who you are. Some of us have pictured you wrong. God, we've, we just haven't really known your character. God, I ask that for every person that has thought you to be other than what you are, God, that right now you would just bind the lies that have been told to them. And God, that your truth would grip their heart. That you are a loving, compassionate father who wants the best for his kids. And God, I pray that our that these hearts would be convinced of, of your goodness and find themselves, Lord, not running from, God, not avoiding you, but constantly, God, running to you with all things. And God, for the places in our life that we're ashamed of, that aren't supposed to be a part of our life, maybe things in our life that have kept us from leaning into you, God, today is the day we want to ask you to remove those things, that we confess them before you, God. Forgive us of them, God. We give them to you, God. Our Our life is better without those things in it. If there's anything in us right now that does not belong, that we can't put you in the center of, God, would you point that out right now to us? Because we don't want it anymore. We confess it to you right now. Come on, even in this moment, right now. Well, God, you confess it. So that from this moment forward, God, we can walk in health with you. God, help us, even today, to find ourselves inviting you in. Help us even today to find that place, God, that we can develop the relationship. Listen, I would love uh, to talk to all of you here with me and those online who you've, you've never committed your life to Jesus. You've never said yes to him. You've never even started a relationship with him. I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning before we close out this service. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us, and that the wages of sin is death. It's a separation from God in the here and now. Some of you are separated from God. Well, God loves you so much that he sent Jesus. Jesus went to the cross and and on that cross paid the price for your sins so that you could be forgiven of your sin and step back in the relationship with God that you've been created to have. Some of you need to experience that forgiveness today for the very first time. Others of you need to come back to Jesus, and I want to give you an opportunity to do that as we close. The Bible says that if we would repent, that times of refreshing would come from heaven. Repent simply means just to turn, to change direction. Some of you have been walking in one direction, and now it's time to turn to Jesus this morning.